Welcome to the Introvertpreneur Podcast. Take a breath because you are in the right place and you can finally stop apologizing for being an introvert. I'm Tara and I've discovered how to thrive as an entrepreneur while being 100% true to myself. Now I want to help you do the same. In these episodes, you're going to find everything you need to build a successful service-based business so you can stop competing with extroverts and grow and market your business with ease. Are you ready? Welcome back to another episode of the Introvertpreneur Podcast. I am excited today because this is a solo episode where I'm going to do a little mini debrief of my last virtual event and really share what are the four big mistakes that I made. So a little backstory, we hosted the Course Creator Conference last month in September. So I've just finished up looking at the data and the numbers and doing the debrief of the event. And I really wanted to share a little bit about this because I know I've talked a lot about how these virtual summits and events are such a really impactful way to grow your business and your audience. And I love hosting summits. This The Course Creator Conference was the fourth one that I have hosted. And we did a few different things for this one um, using data from the last three events that I've hosted. And we tested some things too, things that didn't work. (laughs) We had some things that did work really well. So I will cover that as well. But I really think it's interesting when you hear about the mistakes that people made and you get the real data and the real nitty gritty numbers and information. And as you know, if you've been in my audience for a while, I usually don't hold anything back. I like to pride myself on being an open book. So I love sharing the real behind the scenes stuff because I know as a entrepreneur and somebody who loves learning, that is how I learn best. I love hearing other people's stories and like really seeing behind the curtain at what worked and what didn't work. So welcome to my mini debrief and talking about the mistakes that were made at the last event. So whether you're thinking about hosting your own event or not, this is going to give you some things to avoid. Now, it doesn't even necessarily have to be for an event that you're hosting or a virtual summit. You can take some of these lessons and implement them in your business as well. Even if you're not going to host an event, I hope you take something away from this. So I wrote out after doing the debrief, four of the biggest mistakes or things that we did maybe wrong (laughs) and that are probably the biggest learning lessons. So I'm excited to share these with you. So the first one, and this is probably the biggest one, So for every past event that we've done, we've always done fast action pricing. We've always done, you know, somebody signs up for the event and gets their free ticket. And on the thank you page, we have the tripwire where they can get the VIP ticket or the all access pass for 
a good discount, but only for 20 minutes. So this is a typical tripwire fast action bonus offer. And typically in the past, this has performed really well. However, for some reason, (laughs) I decided against doing that for this event. I really just wanted to, I think my mindset was that I wanted to keep it simple. Um, I know I shared at the beginning of the year that my word of the year is simple. So I wanted to, I kept that in mind. And I was like, how can we make this simpler for the attendees, for the speakers, for the panelists, for our sponsors? And how can I make this simpler for myself? And one of the things I decided to do was to not have that fast action pricing. So somebody signed up for the free event, the Course Creator Conference, got their free ticket. And on the thank you page, there was no countdown timer. There was no fast action. It was just, you can grab an upgrade to the VIP ticket for $97. And then, so it was basically an early bird pricing because we were going to increase the price as soon as the event started to 147. So there was a little bit of urgency, but we didn't, I don't think we made that clear enough. I don't think we had enough urgency around that offer. And in all honesty, I think that was a huge mistake. So wanting to keep things simple. I think we achieved that, but at what cost? So it definitely had an impact on the amount of people that upgraded, which in turn impacted the revenue. So I will just be upfront and say that, you know, I had some huge goals for the conference. Running three events prior, I had a lot of data to go off of and looking at how events one after the other how things scaled and numbers improved, I did use that to create some pretty big goals. (laughs) And I will be honest here and say that we did not hit any of our goals. And that's okay because I think we got a lot of really good feedback from attendees. We had amazing feedback from our speakers and panelists. And it was really an incredible event. But in saying that, (laughs) we didn't hit our goals. And one of the goals that we didn't hit was revenue and number of VIP upgrades. And I really think that not having that fast action pricing, having a countdown timer, having urgency around it, that really impacted people's decision to buy. So that was the first thing. And that is a good thing to think about when it comes to your own offers and creating urgency around your offers, offering fast action bonuses. Like it's not offering those things is not a gimmick. It is really just getting people to take action and giving them a reward by getting this at a super awesome deal or discount for taking that action. So that can be something that you take away from this for any of your offers. If you have tripwires set up in your funnels, if you're offering evergreen funnels using deadline funnel, which Deadline Funnel did an amazing, amazing presentation for our course creator conference attendees. And I can't recommend Deadline Funnel enough. 
for evergreen marketing and creating that urgency factor. So this was a really good lesson. We should have used deadline funnel and had a fast action pricing bonus. So the second mistake that we did, and I'm not sure the best way forward for this necessarily mistake. So we did not require promotion from our speakers and panelists. It's something that I didn't want to force on people. You know, there's a fine line, like speakers and panelists, they have the ability to grow their audience, to share their voice, but they're giving their time to do the presentation, to interact with the attendees, to give away all of their knowledge. So I didn't want to force promo or requirements, and I'm not sure what I'm going to do going forward. Because I do think it was a mistake to not require it at all. I know for some virtual summits and events that I've been a speaker at, there was very clear guidelines around when you were going to promote. Like you have to do two solo emails and a third email that mentions it. And you have to do two social media posts, et cetera, et cetera. I don't like to have to put those things in place. I just don't like to force people to do things. And I respect my speakers and panelists so much because they're they're giving away their expertise. They're making this event what it is. And so I don't know what the fine line is between that, but looking at the numbers, I think across our speakers and panelists, I think we had about 40. And looking at the affiliate data, we only had about 15 out of the 40 promote or share the event at all which is a really, really low number. And I don't think it's necessarily like anything that we could have done because we provided so many updates, so many reminders, affiliate copy, swipe copy, graphics. I think we provided everything we literally could have to make it easier. The only thing we didn't do is have an agreement or a contract or have requirements for promotion. So This is a mistake, but I'm not sure how moving forward I'm going to try to avoid that and get more speakers and panelists engaged and wanting to promote and share the event. I do know at a time that the week of the conference, there was three, I think three big events in the entrepreneurship space that a lot of my speakers and panelists were also promoting in and or a part of and promoting. So I think a little bit, it just came down to time. Like there was too many things happening at once, which I mean, timing of the event is something to think about for the future of the course creator conference. I don't necessarily know that September was the right time. It was my first event run in September. And I know it, Like we can't plan for what everyone else is doing. Like there was really no way for me to know what other events were going to be planned for that week as far ahead of time as when I was planning it. So I'm not sure moving forward, like how I could have avoided that, but I definitely think there's things to think about in terms of requiring promotion and how we can possibly even make it easier for affiliates and speakers and panelists to promote the event. So the third mistake, I think, and this isn't necessarily 
a mistake. It's just something I like for me personally that I need to think about for next time. So not having a co-host for the event and panels. So I, I knew going into this, like I'm doing a live panel every day and then some days or the last day, I think there was two that we had the, the live panel and then the networking event, which really the networking event kind of turned into somewhat of a coaching group coaching call. And it was really fun, but it was also exhausting. So I think going forward, like if I do another event that has a lot of live panels or components, I think it would just make sense for me to collaborate or hire a co-host to help me run the live portion of the event. Maybe, you know, if I do two panels a day for a future event, the co-host will handle one and I'll do the other one. Or we can both do both so that we're not like having to be on for that entire hour. (laughs) Whatever is going to make it, I think, easier and flow better for the attendees. But that is just a personal preference. I don't know. Like most people who do an event might not need that, have a co-host. For me, I just think it's going to be the best moving forward. If I have an event with a lot of live panels or live things going on, I'm big on managing my energy. (laughs) So I think it's really important for me to consider that and plan for that next time. And then the fourth and final mistake that I think we made or I made with the Course Creator Conference was rushing it. So I have all the processes in place for events at this point. We have swipe copy, all of the stuff that we can repurpose and tweak for the next time. We have all the automations in place. So it doesn't take as much to create and host an event as it did for like the first one or the first two. We have really good processes in place at this point. So I felt that, you know, I first had it planned for October and I don't know why I just decided let's just do it now. Let's just like start pitching speakers and panelists and let's do it in September. So I did push it up from the initial October plan to September. So, I mean, it was still very well planned out thanks to all of our processes, but Looking back, you know, I really wish I had given myself and my speakers and panelists an extra month. I think that extra month would have been really key in terms of, you know, planning the promotions a bit more, streamlining the speaker interactions and communication. I'm not going to say like, I don't think it was a big mistake in terms of like, how the event was run and set up. I think that was fantastic because we've got that down pat at this point. But I think just having that extra space would have been really valuable and really helpful. So those are really the big four things that I pulled from the debrief that I did after the event, looking at all the numbers and the data. But I just wanted to share them to be really real and share like the behind the scenes so you can really see what an event looks like, what are some things maybe to think about in terms of hosting an event or virtual summit, or even some of these are like things to think about in your own business, like not having fast action pricing, not requiring promotion. I think like a key takeaway for that is if you have an affiliate program, make it easy follow up with your affiliates, send weekly updates, monthly updates, let them know what's going on in your business. 
you're running any specials. Communication is key and is going to make it so much easier for, for example, affiliates to promote your sale or your offers. Not having a co-host for the event, I think the key takeaway there is to listen to your energy, follow your strengths, and know that it's okay to ask for help. And then rushing it. I think big takeaway there is no matter what you're doing in your business, it is okay to give yourself a little bit of buffer space or extra space to really think things through and maybe strategize if there's other things that maybe you want to do for an offer, for a launch, whether it's an event or it's something else that you're creating and promoting. But yeah, I mean, there's so many takeaways from this. And I hope this was helpful. I know there was a lot of stuff packed in here for those four mistakes or lessons, as I like to call them. And I'm excited for the next event. I know we're we're going to take this data. We're going to take everything. We continue to learn. We're going to continue to take the attendee speaker feedback and continue to make the next one even better. And I don't have details on when that will be, but it will be coming soon. Events are a huge part of my business, and I just love connecting with other amazing speakers and entrepreneurs and bringing them all together and serving my audience in this incredible way. So there will be another event coming. Details to be announced. But I hope this was helpful in just seeing behind the scenes. And thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining me today. This episode may have ended, but there are ways we can stay in touch until next time. You can join me at theterrorread.com where you can find tons of blog posts and resources that will also help you grow your business. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at introvertcoach where I share more introvert-friendly and service-based business tips with you. If you love what you're hearing, drop a five-star rating and review telling me what you are loving about the podcast so that I can continue to encourage as many introverted entrepreneurs as possible. Until next time, keep using your introvert superpowers.